0: This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hello, and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of the Theology Gaming Blog. With me today are two special guests. We have Ted Loring. How you doing? I know you're eating right now. So. <laughs> My mouth is full of oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> and M. Joshua Collar, who is not eating.
1: Yes, I am. I am not eating. Good morning, everybody. <laughs>
0: Good morning to all. And since you are the one that introduced the topic in the first place, I'm going to throw it to you, Josh. Yeah, sure.
1: Sure. Yeah, um, I just got back from uh, my church leadership conference, and uh, there there was kind of like this, this theme where our main speaker was talking really heavily about the, this aspect of healing. Um, so I thought, like, uh, taking it back to how does that apply to games, uh, I realized uh, that it seems like pretty much every game has some form of health healing orientation like like it's weird like it's it's something that you just don't notice just like i never really noticed that the reason why jesus cleared the temple in matthew 21 uh where he says you know he, he like flips tables and says you've made my uh, father's house into a den of thieves weren't supposed to be a house of prayer and that's where we usually stop the story but what i didn't realize and zach you, you and i were talking about this earlier this week yeah. yeah we didn't realize that the next thing that jesus does is he brings in the lame the sick the paralyzed who weren't allowed in that area of the temple, like from a, a traditional Jewish perspective? He brings them in and then heals them, and it's it's just like a it's just like a sentence, like right after that whole story that you just like can easily miss for some weird reason. Um, so I, it just brought my attention to um, what do you think on healing? Um, what is your <laughs> theological predisposition on healing? I want to talk about that um, and just kind of go over that really quick, and then I want to talk about what we're playing. Um, and here, see if there's anything if what you're playing has uh, health in the games, like how it deals with healing. Um, I know that's a little bit of a weird way of doing what you're playing. Uh, and then I also wanted to talk a little bit more about like my personal experiences with or, or your personal experiences with healing and in games at large. And we'll get more into the more broader sense of the discussion in a little bit. But uh, yeah, and just a very quick like one minute description: Where do you, what? How would you describe how you see Uh, whether or not God heals people in the here and now in our world.
0: Hmm. I guess I'll just take it. Uh, I guess in terms of special healing and healing gifts and that sort of thing, you could place me in the cessationist camp from personal experience. Now, I've never personally seen someone get healed or that sort of thing with laying on hands. I've seen people do it, but I haven't seen anything efficaciously come out of it. But... On the other hand, I am not necessarily opposed to the idea of it happening. So, mm-hmm. if you think of it, I'm kind of open either way. <laughs> I'm going to okay. ride the fence on this one.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's completely un- understandable and reasonable. How about you, Ted?
2: Well, uh, biblically, I certainly have a perspective that what happened in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, uh, is is applicable to my life today. So if I read about uh, God healing somebody in the Old Testament or if I read about Jesus performing some miraculous healing I have no reason to say it can't happen in my mm-hmm. life today. Also I don't like putting God in a box and saying God can't do something today.
0: Really? God I'm laying the rules down you can't do this. <laughs> Yeah, it's like theology is like not really a list of rules. It's yeah. more like trying to guess at what exactly God can do, right? Right. So I'm not yeah. going to
2: say God this doesn't go within my theological structure, so uh, <laughs> you're not going to do anything. <laughs> but now again, I but you know, coming from a perspective similar uh, to Zach, uh I've certainly heard stories and heard testimonies of people uh talking uh within my church. And those are, those are great, but I, I can't say that I myself have ever uh, prayed for somebody and witnessed a miraculous healing. And I would certainly love to, I I would have loved to, you know, years ago, I talked about, I think on my last podcast thinking I really believe that God had healed my wife from cancer. So, you know, but it's not going to stop me from continuing to ask God uh, to heal other people. Or myself, like right now. Even you know, I pray for uh, Sheila's mom, June, with the with the liver transfer and all that stuff. So, I would love to see some something miraculous happen. Sign me up. That's for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I grew up in in a more, in, in my uh, church tradition. I would say were practical charismatics, uh, very much oriented towards the word, very much oriented towards um, following following the text and uh, but also very much oriented towards hearing the Holy Spirit and just complementing that with, with the word. Um, and as such, one of the things that, you know, in my, in my church tradition, we've been emphatic on is, is seeing the supernatural. And the weird thing is from my perspective, from, from the people that I've been around, um, it seems like that's something that happens in other parts of the world. Like you go to a third world country and everyone's getting healed as soon as you start preaching Jesus' name. You don't even need to start praying for healing. Like this is something that like I've I've seen from other or I've heard more often than not from other other preachers that I know um, in in ministry or have experienced uh, people I know who've gone on mission trips are like I was holding this baby who had like this crazy fever and people were telling me it's like malaria or whatever and then I'm praying and then the fever goes away and I'm
2: like, cool. <laughs> it could be an equation there of, of healing is proportional to faith. Yeah, and and that's one of
1: those things that I I, I wrestle with because I don't. One of the most faith filled people that I know is also one of the most sick. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, one of my best friends, uh, is is particularly sick, um, and has been for the for about a decade now. Uh, and and but. You know, she she also, for very obvious reasons, is also more more inclined towards doubt when it comes to her own healing. Um, but well, she's prayed over people, and
2: the Apostle well, Paul himself struggled with uh, some physical but, ailment. Yeah, yeah, the thorn in his side that he mentions. Yeah. What he described um, it, which is, you know, there's some question about what specifically he may have been referring to. I've always felt like it it may have been an eye infection or something to that effect, uh, because there are a few times that. Uh, he writes, you know, see how I write, how large with my own hand yeah, at the yeah. end of some of his letters. Poor eyesight. <laughs> yes, yeah, I mean, that, that's just a theory of mine. That's not. No, based that's on, that's fascinating. I never yeah. I never thought of that before. Yeah, there's that's like really a
0: good. billion things people think that Paul might have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In terms of that, so, so here's this
2: great man of God. Yet he suffered from some sort of physical thing. He didn't experience healing, even though he experienced it in other people. <laughs> right. Right.
1: And so for me personally i've I've prayed for people to be healed uh, on many occasions um and most of the time i don't feel like i'm actually seeing what I think I'm praying for, or they do get healed, and i I still doubt like was that really just you know just the timing or whatever like I, I pray for them and, and suddenly they are no longer sick before was, were they ever even really sick and you know there's that weird doubt thing that happens yeah um, but the, the, the thing the reason why I'm, I'm I'm changing my perspective a little bit on this. Um, is because the speaker who came to our conference his names uh, Raymond Moy. I, I'm not sure exactly how to spell his last name, but he's a um, a, Malay, uh, a Malay. He's from Malaysia, mm-hmm. um, and he uh, he's been doing this thing for a while. And his entire ambition and hope is that you preach Jesus, and then you pray for healing, and then you see what happens. And he's he's for whatever reason this has been particularly effective for him uh, and his region of the world in Asia um Ryan, right that's partially how he's he's been able to see like crazy things happen in uh in Burma or what was Myanmar I forget what 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 that country is called right now um but he's been able to see like crazy stuff happen over there and so he came to our conference and I'm like that's great that all those things happen over there and that's kind of like the the thing that you see is things happen in these places over there um but at our conference he he prayed what he calls the prayer of healing um and all these people that I know in church leadership from, like, all over my country are, like, you know, here's a per- here's my friend John from London, who's, like, no longer has ringing in his ears that he's had for 40 years, or my my friend Russ, who uh, I, I know from church planning school for, like, six years ago, I, I noticed that he always had hearing aids, and now he doesn't have to use his hearing aids anymore. Um, so, um, <laughs> I'm like, here's... When you no longer have very physical, like, or at least, hear, like he, he no longer needs his hearing aids, and he explained, like he's like, I, I have so much more hearing. He's like, it's not necessarily one hundred percent, but I have so much more hearing than what I had before. And a bunch of my other friends were were test- giving testimony to like their their knees, their knees no longer hurting and no, no longer feeling arthritis and like all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, this is. Uh,
2: I think some of it uh, may be as Americans historically we've been hoodwinked <laughs> more than once. <laughs> So we uh, are yeah. skeptical, and I, and in some cases, I think it's wise to not just uh, jump on board because somebody says, you know, he was at such a meeting and
0: such and such happened. Yeah. It's all that yeah. enlightenment, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Enlight- <laughs> enlightenment
1: thought really gets in the way of Quote, of uh, anything miraculous, and we especially don't realize that that's when kind it's of true like a
2: enlightenment, line. where you know it really was people doing things for the wrong reasons. Right. And so. Uh, you know, there's a and I don't know the name of the person, but there was one situation where you can hear the guy talking into his earpiece which person to pick, you know, for healing because it was a pre selected person from the crowd. Do you remember that? I mean it was in the eighties or nineties. I mean I've 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 heard of that sort of thing happening all the time, yeah. especially considering I grew
1: up in in the uh the charismatic tradition, which was uh you say the word charismatic and people think of that
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. So because, or other so, things. <laughs>
1: Yeah. But I'm definitely or, of the or prosperity that, gospel or weird things that I'm not even that familiar with yeah,
2: firsthand. Yeah. I'm of the perspective that if there is a counterfeit, then there is a real. So, you know, mm. I, I think it can happen, and I just I'm always I always try to be, resist my emotional response. I want to yeah. give God. I, my take on it is sort of like the gentleman's prayer, where I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God and I'm going to believe, and then I'm going to choose to give Him glory regardless of the outcome and and then yeah. i'm gonna r- j- lump uh, lump and leap no jump and leap not lump, <laughs> lump and leap. <deep.
1: laughs> yeah 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 no that's awesome ted i'm glad you're part of this podcast
2: <laughs> no no is it my incredible wisdom no i'm yeah well i mean it's just your you're to, looks to, you know.
1: to bring bring stuff <laughs> bring out the uh bring out the good stuff so to speak
2: well, here's here's a concept too, and this may connect to the game. But as I look up healing in the, in the scripture, just you know the word healing. There's some concepts uh, like Deuteronomy thirty two thirty nine. I have wounded, and I will heal. The Lord says, and even in Job, we talked about Job on our last podcast five eighteen. It says he he injures, but his hands also heal. And there seems to be this, at least in the Old Testament, this Jewish concept that God can sometimes inflict so that he can teach and so that he can, can actually heal. Hmm. What do you think of that? I think that game designers do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think game designers yeah. actually do it the opposite way, too. So They, they have, inflict and inflict. <laughs> yeah, so they have elements of both healing. So, like, if you yeah. look at Doom's health packs or regenerating health or that sort of thing. Right, and that's your lifeline. And then on the opposite Mm -hmm. end, we have death, (laughs) and death is one of the most prevalent concepts in all video games ever. (laughs) Yeah, even if it's lighthearted or it's just like a game over or fail state, there's always this tension between things are alive and things are dead, and that includes enemies and friends alike. (laughs) Yeah, I I think maybe Dark Souls is making me think this way because there's a lot of there's a lot of death in that game. (laughs) Especially because you have to go through the same cir- circumstance over and over again, and it's this, you must keep blocking, or you must know how even these little tiny enemies do, or they will gang up on you and you will die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and there's like 80 hours of this.
2: And losing the, the souls that you've gained because you couldn't get back to it. Oh, boy, uh, that sounds heartbreaking.
0: Yeah. It, it is heartbreaking.
2: <laughs> I have a friend that I've been watching him play on his 360, and he lost, like, thousands of souls because he couldn't get back to it or something like that. He's like, oh! Yeah, if you
0: die on your way back to getting where your souls are, which are just kind of left where you died, mm-hmm. you will lose all of them, and they will be gone forever. Now, does it have a health bar system? It yeah, does. It, it does, but the health really doesn't help you. Because a lot of the enemies... <laughs> yeah, well, the thing about Dark Souls is that your health is limited, and all the enemies do humongous damage.
1: Yeah, most of the bosses are like one hit kills. Yeah, and you can't or, block or have a one hit kills in, in many
2: cases. Yeah,
0: you can't block it. You either have to dodge it or you have to be out of the way of the enemy's gigantic sweeping attack. But everything is predictable. Yeah. It's just semi realistic
2: in that sense, where one good uh, hit could kill you in real life
0: hmm.
2: if you're in combat.
0: Yeah. Of course, Dark Souls 2 yeah. is worse because there's no invincibility frames on rolls. So all the new all the oh, wow. new players who are used to it. Are basically getting hit in the face with giant mouths yeah. and whatever else. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and when like three or four enemies group you, it's like <laughs> that that's is funny. a tough game. But and, yeah, I like game, the look of it.
2: I think it has a great style to it. Oh yeah, it does. It's,
0: it's the yeah, it's definitely
1: the the epitome of dark fantasy. Um, the the one thing in that game is that I think that most of the healing in that context comes through uh, like basically like. Weeds like you like you get like crescent weeds or something like that. Or
0: Estus flask. Everybody likes that one. Estus
1: flask. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I forget. I forget what it is. Um, in, yeah, the, it in that depends on game, which
0: one. Yeah, which Souls game. But
1: basically, like. you have just potions in 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 most reduced sense. Is that a potion? And, and so Arzak, Zach? Are you playing Dark Souls right now? Is that what you're playing?
0: Uh, well, I was playing Dark Souls, and then I got sucked back into King of Fighters, so. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And, so yeah, you've yeah.
2: posted some videos on YouTube, about two or three of them lately, haven't you?
0: Yeah. I made a new series called Becoming the King of Fighters, and it's <laughs> tracking my progress through being awful at the game to being good at the game, hopefully. And I don't know when I'm going to end it, but I'm going to end it when I'm good. I think we're currently in the awful stage. Yeah, we are. Very much <laughs> so.
1: And the fascinating thing about fighting games, I think, is that um, from, a, from like a healing health perspective, there rarely is any form of healing. It's just a matter of reducing the other player's health to zero as yeah. fast as possible.
0: It is the ultimate resource. There is no way to get it back. Except, in I think one instance, which is Street Fighter Three. Elena has a super attack that heals you. And it's called healing. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so one exception to a gigantic rule.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's cool So um, trying to play off of, of that a little bit more um, The first, before we get a little bit more into what we're playing um, well, I guess we're already on that, might as well continue that But I also want to look at what, what are some of the other things that come to mind When you think of healing in games Like So, so just jumping to the subject of healing You mentioned Dark Souls, Zach um, yeah. Ted, when you hear healing in games What's the first kind of thing that comes to mind?
2: Well, the first thing I thought of in my mind was going back to the beginnings of my gaming experiences, which were in video arcades. And interestingly enough, healing was not an element of the early arcade games because you had lives. So you had multiple tries, but there was no health bar or or anything like that reducing your health. So if you played Pac-Man, if you played Galaga you played Space Invaders, the whole purpose was to go as long as you could off of your quarter. Then I think things started to change when it became a home console market uh, available. So for me, I would say, you know, around the some of the early Atari games that weren't com, uh, weren't arcade ports had some elements of that but mm-hmm. I first noticed it in the Nintendo era. So I, what was that? The eighties was the Nintendo's Yeah. where uh, you did have yeah. a Mario that you mentioned where there was this concept of you could get large eating a mushroom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now that you're but describing that, this, it sounds very similar <laughs> to drug use. I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> I'm not going to comment one way or the other, uh, but I love <laughs> the game, but not mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was that element where it was like sort of like you don't die, but you're you kind of have reduced he- health in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, but certainly for me, I think uh, the Zelda games first yeah. I started to notice you know the the, the the row of hearts along the top left that you could increase your health as you played, and I yeah. also noticed it in uh, the early Tomb Raider games where there was a health bar. And somewhere along the way, they started to get a little nicer. Well, of course, uh, there's the, uh, the, the dooms and, and stuff like yeah. that. And that's, that that's a good point.
1: When you get to PC yeah. games, you start, you start really getting into um, finding but, health packs and like having to keep it at 100%.
2: And that was interesting because it was the health pack for then. You would find something that would increase your health bar or your number of hearts. And then I'm thinking it was – was it Halo? Where you started to have the regenerating health bar. Well,
1: the the first Halo was was fascinating because you you also had health health packs to some degree. But at at the foundation of Halo is the introduction of the shield, which people don't necessarily talk about in particular. But it it was the fact that you have a regenerating shield, which changes the dynamic of, of the entirety of the game.
2: Which would keep your health up. But if your shields were down, you could lose health.
1: Yeah. And then in Halo, I think... Two through four, or two. Yeah, well, two and three definitely. You you, you just had to worry about your regenerating shield and, and whether or not was like your shield too done.
2: as well. Because uh, Gordon wore that suit yeah, that body would body armor be like a shield. Well, it, it, yeah, but his was also very much
1: still very health pack oriented. Like as you're playing through the game, you're constantly worrying about both your your uh, exponential shield for your suit and also your health
2: packs. Or the recharge stations, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: When I think healing in games, I usually think of, like, fantasy archetypes. Ah. You know, like clerics, yeah. like D&D clerics. Or, yeah, exactly. You know, like healers who use either exterior forces or gods or whatever, and then they heal people, which is such a strange trope, but it's been adapted into video games really easily.
1: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I um, um, That reminds me of... Uh, in this recent, more recent generation, as Ted was bringing up, like Halo, since the Xbox, the first Xbox um, generation, a lot of the kids that I, I connect with, um, that was their first console, so to speak, and so everything for them has been regen shooters and uh, multi- massive multiplayer games that you that you only play uh, uh, online. You don't play on multiplayer games locally. Um, and so, one of the kids that I talked to, I, I asked him. So, why, why do you want to be a nurse? And he's like, "Well, I was playing all these games, and I realized I always wanted to play the healer class. I always wanted, I always wanted to be the, the medic. I always wanted to be the, the, uh, the, the, the doctor in in uh, Team Fortress, or I always Bad wanted I feel- to be the, the well, yeah." Yeah, whatever class can go around healing other people on on on, on other team members. Yeah. that's the class that I always wanted to. I always preferred.
0: With and so healer was healer like, and an MMO, right?
1: And and perhaps I don't know. He didn't actually talk about playing MMOs. Most of his, in his mind was all like these these first person shooters.
2: Hmm. And that so is it was a great just, story. I'm going to tell somebody that sometime. I love that. I'm going to pass that on. <laughs> Video games help someone find career focus. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Headlines. Yeah, like
1: he. He legit, and this is a guy who plays more of it. Like, like his, he and his brothers are just like serious, serious gamers. But he felt that that was it, an apparent def- definition for him to go and to become a nurse, uh, or just to move into the medical profession at large. Um, so I'm, I was, I was intrigued and excited by that, and I, I, I realized that I have not played a lot of games where you get to play as that class. I'd much rather be the guy who goes out and sneaks into enemy lines and, and is, is jumping around and shooting them. Um, and, and I think that a lot of people are more along those lines. But then the question is, is this more of a lone wolf mentality or is this more of a team player?
2: Hmm. I don't know. I, I see myself more as in those categories of being an engineer where you can help repair things or fix things to help keep the team going, which is sort of like being a healer in a way. Yeah, no,
1: and that, that's actually a really, really good point and a really good... Uh, uh, segue in some ways to um, just just expanding the the scope of the kind of healings that can happen in games, um, and and actually speaks kind of to the the game that I'm playing, uh, which is called uh, Out There. Have any of you guys heard of this? It's a iOS game.
2: No, no I, I have not. I'm okay. a droid guy.
1: <laughs> Are either of you guys familiar with FTL? Faster than light. Faster than
0: light. Yes. yes. Yeah, I own it, and I haven't played it. Humble bundles so, and whatnot. For the benefit, for the benefit
1: of, our, of our listeners, FTL it, um, and Out There are both space simulation games where you are essentially in control of a spacecraft um, going through space and trying to simply survive. They're both roguelikes in the sense that there's permanent death uh, when you die and that each time that you play through, the, the, the actual experience that you have is, is randomized. Um, like the levels that you that, you, that the the, 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 ch- the next stars that you get to, or the the planets that you find yourself at, um, and the difference between the two is that FTL is much more about managing a crew, much more like uh, the Starship Enterprise or uh, the, the the Firefly, something along those lines, where you're just trying to get by um, uh, as as a, and, and caring for your crew and dealing with enemy ships and fighting them and that sort of thing. Whereas out there is a lot more of a uh, env- like a the cover, the cover of the game shows like a, an astronaut's uh, shadowed face with like a psychedelic purple and blue background and some stars back there. So it's got this like psychedelic art style with like this this comic text and um, it's it's very very I, I love the art style, but the, the the heart of it is really you're just one astronaut. You've got your ship. You don't got to worry about guns. You just got to worry about getting by. And the most important thing in the game is keeping your resources. And making sure that you don't run out of fuel, you don't run out of oxygen, and you you don't lose the integrity of your ship's hull. Huh. And from from like a health perspective, um, all of it is a matter of all right. I'm in this new solar system. First thing I, I'm always worried about is do I have enough fuel to be able to get out of here? And so I go to great, straight for my gas giant, and I'm going to go and send my my probe under the planet and get some get some gas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, this is on Android. Just in case anybody was wondering. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. And
1: I, I just got it for. Uh, it was one of the first iOS games I got for my birthday because uh, I uh, I got a, a, a birthday card with twenty twenty five bucks or twenty bucks and I gave it to my wife for a uh, iOS card for tw- that's twenty five bucks because she doesn't use she doesn't use iOS for buying things. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah, so happy. Happy uh, yeah, yeah! Happy we, we,
0: birthday! Yeah, happy belated birthday! Yeah, no problem.
1: Um, but, yeah, since my, it's one of the advantages of having a birthday very close to my wife's where she gets presents that I want. <laughs> but uh, in any case, so out there is is really all about survival and, and trying to get by. And there's a – I'm almost always running out of fuel. I'm almost always running into some strange space anomaly that, that, cr- that crashes a certain part of my ship and talking to aliens in strange languages and not sure what the heck is going on but just – Trying to keep my uh, my health bars up as I think of them, um, just those three categories, and I, I just love this this aspect of survival and exploration and and uh, getting through um, much more than I even liked FTL. Um, but I ha- I hadn't played FTL as much as out there, and I love having something that I can play on my on my phone or on on my iPad either or I can literally switch between. Cause it's so such a simple, um, you know, you're basically just pressing buttons to select. What you want to do as you go to each new planet system?
2: It's easy to pick up and play
1: and put it. Oh, down. very, very much so. Yeah, it's very mean, easy once to you get tie past to. the tutorial. Yeah, once you get past the, t- the tutorial, like um, it, it makes it starts to make a lot more sense, and you're constantly learning, and that's the thing that I like about most games anyway. But that that aspect of health still comes back into it in that sense of um, you're looking for what is going to be most healing long term, and you can pack up your cargo bay with. With uh, a supply of, of of gas or or oxygen or or, or uh, parts or whatever you want, and and that just makes a, a very interesting tension as you go through the entirety of the game. Um, and most most games that I like nowadays are, are either um, these artistic indie games that don't have necessarily a health system like Gone Home, uh, or some something like uh, where it's all about the health and staying healthy, like. Uh, like this, this game out there, or something like Songfra, the, the tale of werewolves, or um, just the, this, this essence of survival um, for some reason is really, really attractive to me as, as a player. And I'm just curious um, if you guys find that the same. Um, and uh, also, I want to hear, Ted, what you're finding, whether or not that has to do with health.
2: The good question there, whether it has to do with health, but. Uh I've talked before about my box of Game Gear stuff and that I found the 3D glasses in there and they were for the Master System. <laughs> <laughs> so I was at one of my favorite stores, Gamers Alley in Cramerton, North Carolina, little plug there, and I just went to the guy behind the counter and I was like, hey, do you have any 3D games for the Master System? And he said, yeah, I was surprised. And he took me over to the shelf, and there were three different games. So I bought them, and I couldn't wait to get home and plug in the glasses and set up <laughs> the uh, the 3D system. And I actually videoed the experience and put it on as a, as a blog posting where, of course, you can't see the 3D on the video, but at right. least you get kind of my reactions to it. But yeah. I was impressed with how 3D was implemented on this older system back in 1988, I think, is when it came out. (laughs) So I enjoyed playing – one of the games was called 3D Maze Hunter. Uh And I actually have, since uh, shooting it on the video, I've gone back to try to get uh, further into it. And and since then, it's Mm -hmm. kind of beat me up on a couple places where there should be a platform, but I fall into space. And I think that's because of the 3D glasses aren't being real precise on um, where I'm supposed yeah. to go. So I got a little frustrated about that. I felt like the game was uh, was breaking me. <laughs> uh, or something was breaking me. Uh, so I've played the two games. I played that Maze Hunter 3D, and then I played a Zaxxon 3D. And that was, again, okay on the 3D effects. Maybe not as great as the experience was. Uh, since both those games are kind of your classic early arcade game feel things. They were all based on lives and and no health bars or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And they're pretty much designed for you to go as far as you can, although I'm hoping that you can actually beat the Maze Hunter game. The other game I picked up while I was there was, and I'm trying to remember the name of it, I'm going to feel like an idiot here, (laughs) but there's a game for the Master System that is essentially Sega's attempt to make a Zelda game. (laughs) Govelius? Go, Govelius. Is that it? Did you say that again. Govelius? I Govelius. Yes. Yeah, now I'm going to now that I have I have been I was trying to uh, Google it. I'm
0: going to you know what, Google will help us all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Come to my rescue. So I put in that cartridge because I was like, "Hey,
0: a Govelius Valley of Doom. That's it. It's just on the Doom. Yes, love yes. That game, so
2: love that game. <laughs> it wasn't cheap, but I figured it was collectible and I wanted to try it. But it wasn't cheap. I mean, I spent twenty dollars on it. And the thing about it that was a little frustrating in that game is there's a, some side view elements where you're platforming, going from left to right on your screen. Yeah, like Zelda and Two. Like yeah. Zelda Two. Yeah. yeah. Which, of course, is probably one of the least, most least popular of the Zelda games. But at least with that one, you know, he has a sword that comes out straight, straight forward. I'm doing. He's on the camera here. But Govilius, that little guy there, when he does it, it's at an angle like this. So I will be right at an enemy going whack, 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 like <laughs> above the enemy. I, you know, it's so stupid. So the only way you can kill it is you have to get on your knees and then it will go straight. The problem is <laughs> Master System Controller is very imprecise. So when you try to go down, it ends up yeah. making you go down and forward. It's not so a
0: D-pad, you- so... Right. It's really weird to control with diagonals in general. Yeah,
2: I got frustrated with that because I would go to try to get down to uh, kill this little enemy, and it should be a simple thing. You know, one hit, and instead I go down into it, and my health bar goes down, Mm -hmm. and it's not too long before you're dead and you have to start over. It does have a password-based system for continuing. At least if you gain certain items, you don't have to get them again. So that's to his credit, but so far, I haven't really had the get up and go to put in a you know twenty seven letter password <laughs> like it is. you know it's so secure, we wouldn't want anybody to, to figure this out or or memorize a password, so
0: well, if anybody's wondering, Golvilius is on the i o s store
2: it is yeah, yes. I was just seeing that. Oh, well, use your gift certificate and get that game and beat it for me.
0: Yeah, it's pretty darn good. The only issue I have with that game is that finding the dungeons is like an exercise in frustration. (laughs) Because you're literally just combing every tile looking for the opening. Yeah, you have to have a walkthrough, I think, to really get through it. I think that was when I was like two or three years old, though. So my (laughs) memory may be failing me.
2: No, I think you're right. Because what happens is sometimes you have to kill a certain enemy for the cave or hole to be revealed. So unless you know to go there, you know, all you can do is, is go there and just kill everything if you can't. And that's not easy to do on this game. <laughs> no. And they respawn like
0: crazy. I mean, it's like, boom, I killed a guy. Boop, I'm back. Yeah, I old, killed a guy. Old game design in its finest. Death at oh, every corner. Just,
2: just cruel. Maybe it's like I'm playing that Dark Souls game just on a master system. <laughs> I don't it's know. It's very
0: cruel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so... uh uh, that's it. The only other element of cruelty in my life is that I'm, I'm having a little run of difficulty with Microsoft technical support on, on my, my Xbox, Xbox One.
0: Which hates you. Yeah,
2: It's just uh, – the one that I got is a bad system. It, it overheats and freezes up. And, Did you
0: get a new one refurbished or something? Or
2: and that? They sent a replacement and the replacement didn't work. <laughs> so now – We can't um, heal
0: it. It's dead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it was funny. I have turned it on. You know, and it connected to my wireless network, and then it said, "Hey, we're going to do an update, like most not modern systems do nowadays." So it does yeah. the update, and then it says, "I may have to restart," and then it turns off. No. Oh,
0: man, you know, like so, Microsoft Tech Support, it's like trying to do heart surgery with a hatchet. Every yeah. time I've dealt with them, it's always been this way. It's like, is it working? Does it work? Right? No.
2: They have to go through their uh, list of, of things.
0: And Uh, usually the problem is ship it back. That's the the issue with every single Xbox
2: thing. Well, with the replacement one, they did give me a a technique to try to do an offline update using a USB memory.
0: How did that go? Bricking? Well,
2: it bricked it, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I followed the procedures, all the steps and everything like that. And there's a certain point where it's supposed to go, do-do-do,
0: do-do-do. Yeah,
2: well, did you perform CPR? I mean... <laughs> Instead, though mine got to that point and went doo doo do do
0: okay, that's a bad <laughs> sound <laughs> if you're ending on a, a minor key, then it's a bad, yeah it's bad
2: and then it went to like a green screen, and then it stopped doing that, so I was like well uh I, I, and okay, I'm going to do a true confession. The only thing I can think of that I might have done to mess this replacement machine up is I had it set up and I was turning it on and It was doing that update the first time, and I was like man, this thing is attracting dust like crazy because that shiny piano gloss finish that's on part of it. So I had some Windex from cleaning the the, the TV screen a few minutes earlier. So I just kind of brushed that along the front of the Xbox One. And, you know, it has that touch-sensitive power button. So just my wiping the paper towel across... Oh, goodness. ...turned it off. And I was like, no, no, no. So that may have been what made it happen. I'll be honest. I didn't mention that fact to technical support. <laughs> but really, I don't think that's it. I mean, how could you design a system that fragile?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's,
2: I mean, that, that's the thing that,
1: that I've, I've struggled with uh, a lot of modern systems is just they're – I remember you could like kick the NES and not have any problems with anything. Yeah, prone to
0: death is the new way of modern consoles. Yeah. Prone to update. My goodness. And this 10 year old I mean, DS works fine. So yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's, oh, a, yeah. that's
2: the earliest model of that DS, isn't it? Yeah. It's I love the big this, one.
0: This thing is old. <laughs> that's pretty. Really, so I like though. it. I'm it's, modeling it's it. The,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a blue DS for those of you. Who I remember the, thing. the original
1: original DS, which was just like an awkward, awkward shape. And, <laughs> and, uh, the only thing that you could really do on it was play a a very very uh, obtuse version of uh, Super Mario sixty four with whatever they call it back then.
0: Oh yeah, that came out in the early stages. <laughs> Ew, that port is awful. How it's do you play so with it? Yeah, but, yeah, but you get a, to play
1: yeah. as yeah, but you get to play as Luigi and Yoshi, and <laughs> I never got to that because Why controlling them without a ce- without a, a, a an analog stick or a camera and using yeah or a camera and also using the. Uh, the stylus to actually navigate. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Let's not but speak
2: of that again. Mario Kart on a DS was a very good game. That was what yeah. I enjoyed playing on, especially because oh, yes. you could connect to other people and they didn't have to have the cartridge. Huh. Whoa, we're getting Wii
0: <laughs> off track, didn't we?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember good. when I was in line for the Wii at a Walmart, a bunch of people had DSs and we were playing Mario Kart just while we were waiting in line and that was a great time i'll never forget how fun yeah. that was that night the magic of getting a wii
0: okay i'm, I'm gonna talk about my oh yeah about about healing yeah, yeah, i'm, yeah, I'm frequent mmo player obviously i think yeah yeah most yeah. people know that but i unsubscribed from world of warcraft like a couple months what? ago Oh my gosh! well it, you know it gets boring after a while and you can't just go with the same content after like four months you know Okay. And then they announce Warlords of Draenor comes out in the fall, so I'm like, okay, I think I'm just going to unsubscribe now cuz I'm bored. Yeah. And but okay, so in terms of general MMO mechanics, everybody knows about the quote-unquote holy trinity of class design. So there's the tank for me. I, I I haven't yeah. Okay, so like in every one of them. In every MMO game there's three default roles that everybody plays. There's either tank, DPS, or healer. Everybody knows what a healer does, obviously, right? Healers heal. DPS is mostly just damage dealers. They usually don't have the tools necessary to survive, so that's why you need a tank in order to defend all the DPS. So So a tank
2: takes the damage a lot, right? So the
0: tank's role is to take as much damage as possible and to keep enemies away from the DPS so they can do their thing and that the healer can do his thing. Mm -hmm. So what happens is that over the course of WoW's lifespan, the... Healing role has changed from being more of like, I will spam heal you all and you will all live, to more of a, I'm just barely keeping up with the amount of damage that's coming out. <laughs> and so yeah. I need to heal you that way. They called it like triage healing or something. So you're healing yeah. people that are getting, you know, whacked in the face yeah. by a giant monster or something. And then you yeah. have to heal. And in my case, anyway, I'm like the tank. I enjoy tanking. That's my thing. I don't mm-hmm. really like healing. Every time I've played healing, I've hated it. So in terms of tanking, I like protecting people. I'm not sure where I developed this interesting little thing. And I like to prevent damage or have damage inflicted upon me rather than healing it myself. Does that make me (laughs) weird?
2: (laughs) No, but I think there's a career for you. Yeah, somewhere. I'm not sure what it is. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like smacking things.
2: Healing, I can. Yeah, there's a career connection. Yeah, tanking, I'm not sure. I'm I mean, not, not so much know. either.
0: <laughs> or like from a biblical perspective, right? Just yeah, there is a yeah. role that is not necessarily direct healing, but there is a role of defense. <laughs> yeah, against yeah. people. I mean that, who
2: are in to prevent circumstances. people from being hurt in the first yeah. place. Yeah,
1: and, and I mean, and I think that that also plays into to your your pursuits in theology and really emphasizing the the. Uh, philosophical, basically, like trying to take on the, the philosophical arguments of of this age, um, and I think that you know I, I don't I don't know that that's necessarily going to be something that's definitive of you for for all all time, but it's definitely clear that um, for a lot of the blogs that I'm not necessarily particularly understanding because um, you're going after particular truths that are, are prevalent in, um, like you'll, you'll you'll talk about like the the connotations of Kant in. In epicure, epicure, Epicurean monologues or something, I don't. I'm, I'm just I'm just picking random words. Um, but the, the the point is, like you you have this heart and mind to go after these um, the arguments that you find as as problematic and and uh, of of discourse.
0: Yeah, and I'm often a contrarian, though not necessarily by choice.
1: Sure, sure.
0: <laughs> I I find myself uh, accepting people who are been rejected and terms of intellectual uh circles and then kind of reviving them like i like gk chesterton nobody seems to know who he is even though he's been kind of in a recent revival of analysis and appreciation but pretty sure
1: he's like marcher school's favorite dude
0: yeah he's gotten more popular over time but like he's the guy that converted c.s lewis after lewis read some of his books you know what i mean yeah
1: yeah yeah, and then
0: he's kind of gotten a bad reputation for being anti-semite and that's uh, kind of,
1: dis- well, people Luther, have L- Luther him. had the same problem. <laughs> yeah,
0: and then people like dismissed him. But we're all him. Protestants still, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> we, we don't read the book where he doesn't like Jews, you know what I mean? Yeah. But we like yeah. the rest of the stuff he wrote. The one yeah. bad mean, part of his personality doesn't And honestly, like I mean,
1: the, I think that's uh, indicative of a lot of us is that we, we, a lot of people who have a ton of wonderful things can, to contribute also may have this one area where they are uh, not yet uh, Christ-like.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, I'll that's be polite. A, that's a good way to put it. I, I was trying to think of a good way to put it, and that was pretty much it. Not yet Christ-like. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, because true. if you don't like Jews, then you don't like Jesus. Technically, yeah. Because <laughs> Jesus was a Jew. Yeah,
0: yeah, hmm. and, and that's confusing, right? Yeah, it's a confusing. And the
2: early bias. church was pretty much composed of Jews, so that means you don't love yeah. the early church. Hmm. Yeah, I was
1: I was uh, preaching on Sunday and I was like, Did you guys know that there was a time that the entire church was racist? <laughs> <laughs> like 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 literally. The only people in the church who weren't Jews uh were nobody. And then all of a sudden there was this <laughs> Yeah, no, literally, and then all of a sudden there was this experience with Cornelius oh. and uh Cornelius' family who were uh part I mean, they were God fearers and like it says that they were uh, always doing neighborly acts, and that's how God God uh, was like. He caught God's attention. But dude was a part of the Roman military. I, I don't know how you get away with being part of the Roman military and absolutely loving God and uh, God's uh, and the Jewish people. Um, but that was what Cornelius did. And then it was after he was filled with the Holy Spirit that they're like, "Okay, I guess God wants them in." <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that was around Acts chapter ten that talks about. Yeah, that, that. was all. Uh, chapter 10 yeah and, and i have a uh, note that, that i have a three. note in my bible that says that's where i made it in because that's where gentiles yeah. non-jews actually became a yeah. part of the church yeah where we no
1: longer had to worry about uh circumcision and all those things <laughs> um i mean they
2: figured they figure that out later oh but, we um, can
0: still do that if we want but you know <laughs> yeah. it's not
2: required <laughs> we'll save that for another <laughs> podcast subject yeah we'll have a we'll save that for our circumcision podcast
0: circumcision cast <laughs>
2: <laughs> live
0: Mastercism
2: <laughs> circumcision,
0: <No.
2: laughs>
0: or other things that I'm thinking of.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that that uh, we might. Uh, I'm not sure that that would make us have more listeners or a whole lot less. Probably a whole lot less.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but anyway, anyway she um, enjoys defending its own. I find, but we also like defending people that don't like us, which also gets more interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I
1: mean, and, and that's per, perhaps more my, my indication, is I, I'm I'm very much oriented towards the others, and, and a lot of my, my heart towards Cornelius and that story is really all about how much uh, God wanted to bring in and, and use the supernatural, used um, speaking from spirit to spirit with this quote-unquote outsider who wasn't even say, quote-unquote saved yet. Um, but, yeah. Ted, thank you so much for coming. We loved having you. Um, Sorry, you got sorry that I have to
2: skip out, but I have to get to work uh, at a particular time. So uh, I love you guys. I can't wait to talk to you next time. And uh, to you uh, folks out there, thanks for listening. Yep. See you, Ted. But uh,
1: yeah, just just to wrap up that thought that um, God God is uh, very excited about um, drawing in outsiders in my mind, and uh, or just as I as I see him in in the scriptures and, and as I see Jesus jesus even though his disciples never seemed to quite catch catch wind of it was all about the samaritans he was all about the outsiders um and was willing to let his his ministry focus with the syria phoenician woman to uh she's like you know why why should i be doing why you know you shouldn't give what's what's for the children to the pets you know um and and she's like yeah but even the pets get the crumbs and he's like all right yeah you're right I'll stop doing this this thing that where I was just focusing on the, the, the ministry to Israel, and I'll start, let's go over to your town and, and uh, heal the sick there. Yeah. Um.
0: <laughs> so there's a very inclusive nature to some of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. In terms yeah. of healing. I mean, but healing doesn't have to come in necessarily, um, what do you call it, physical form, spiritual form is kind of like the default position of Christianity, right?
1: And, and the most important, I'd say that like the entirety of, um, when, when this message was being brought up, Raymond Moy, the guy who is speaking at my conference, he was he's an evangelist. Like his entire heart and vision is the only reason why people are healed is so that people are open to what God's going to be doing within them. And he told stories of all these um, paratroopers and he's in Malaysia, which is ninety percent Muslim, and he told stories of, you know, Imams' wives getting healed of tumors, and like suddenly they're like where else are we going to go? And they, they got saved right there. Um, and, like, all sorts of... The, the reason why God wants to heal people is so that they'll be open to him, um, so that their spirits can be healed, and so that they can be healed from um, everything that is holding them back in life, uh, and so that Jesus can be in their hearts, hmm. quite simply.
0: Yeah, I think healing has a lot to do with being hurt and... So if you think of it yeah. that way, this is this is my strange little perspective. Just to bring us back to the video game portion of this. Yeah, 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 is yeah. Is that if you think of the way that game designers have had to go over the years and say, Do we make concessions to the player's inability to complete said obstacle or to not? A lot of them have kind of erred on the side of, well, we should let them finish, right? So they kind of meet out these little health upgrades where they say, you're doing a good job, here's health, right? But even when you die, you get resurrected back to life. So it's like another shot at the goal, another way to go forward. So basically, if you think about daily life, there is a lot of times where I would say stumbling is kind of a natural state of being. And Mm -hmm. whether the suffering is emotional or... If it's physical, there's a lot of stuff that goes to that, but we always need to be healed in the spiritual sense in order to keep going. Yeah. And, and, but, and if you think of game designers as, like, little typical versions of God, because, right, making rules and systems yeah. and then setting you up in them and then saying, well, here's a little help here, here's a little help there, right? They're yeah. giving you a lifeline every time you die <laughs> so that yeah. you can be born yeah. again anew the next day.
1: Yeah, even in, like, the hardest of games, like Dark Souls or, or tactical RPGs where your characters can die, there's always the ability to restart and start at an earlier point.
0: Yeah, and in coin-op games, too, if you if you so choose. <laughs> if you want to just yeah, game yeah. a thousand quarters in there and you'll live forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but That's exactly. a monetary investment I don't think we're all willing to accept. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that wraps up the subject pretty well. Yeah. So, any um, final thoughts or... Yeah. Um,
1: most importantly, I'd, I'd suggest that uh, for, if you're listening to this podcast um, and uh, you want to know more about healing, um, open up the Gospels and uh, look, at, look at what Jesus does. Just maybe pay a little bit more attention to how Jesus uses healing to, as, as a uh, branching point into his ministry um, and what he's doing. Um, and let that be something that permeates your imagination, um, would that be something that, that, that just affects how you perceive, uh, what does it mean to be like Jesus? Um, and what does it mean to, um, involve with, be, be play games that are involved with healing? Um, I mean, just, this is something to, to, to put maybe in, in the back pocket of your imagination and just, uh, reflect on. Um, but hopefully you found this podcast to be interesting and, uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed talking to you, Zach, and I enjoyed having Ted. And I always loved doing this. And even though it was a little bit more of a stretch for me to get get up and get going this morning, I'm glad that we're, we I'm glad that we did it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I find that it's a little more complex than just cessationism versus continualism. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and so that's kind of where I'm coming from in terms of this thing is that we can, if you look in the Gospels, you see both. You see kind of aspects of both, but. I think it's a little bit wider than a simple categorization will do it justice, <laughs> and the same is true for video games. So yeah, I mean, you find that pretty much across most
1: theological concepts. It's not pre- predestination versus versus um, free de- free will. It's you see some things that seem to be predestined and some things that are free will, and there's lots of dimension to it.
0: Yeah. So feel free to ask questions. Questioning is not doubting.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, questioning was the, uh, the rabbinical practice of, uh, that Jesus tended to do, and most of the things that he said to his disciples had to do with questioning them yeah. um, and asking them, and
0: them asking him, and questions are about relationships. So so if you have any questions, dear listener, go to uh, <laughs> email questions at theologygaming.com, and yeah. we'll get back to you. We also have a Facebook group. Theology Gaming University, where we kind of welcome the open forum of asking whatever kind of questions you want, or to link your stuff, which, as it tends to be the case on Facebook.
1: Yeah, and and, and it's just a good way to talk to us more directly. Um, Not me for the rest of Lent, but um, for the rest (laughs) of our our team members, because I'm I'm fasting Facebook, trying to fast Facebook. It's not always necessarily, I'm not necessarily good at it. But, um, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to having more dialogue with, with uh, people who listen and uh, anybody else who wants to just be involved in
0: uh, what we're doing. Yeah, feel free to join us. It's an open group, so... Alright, yeah. so this has been the Theology Gaming Podcast. I think you know where we can find everybody, but Josh is at Love Subverts in Game Church and sometimes Theology Gaming and a bunch of other places. I'm at Theology Gaming Primarily, and Ted is at WildManted.com. I think that's everybody. Yes. Okay, so... Before I say this is the end of our podcast again, I'm going to say this is the end of our podcast. (laughs) And I'm going to end it. All right. See you guys. Love you guys. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.